Welcome to episode 37 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, joined with Andrew and Matt. Unfortunately, other Matt can't be here tonight, but we realized it's been almost a month since our last episode. We figure we'll fire it up. We'll talk about some Huskies hoops in the offseason, and let's just get right into it. I mean, there hasn't been too much in this past month or however many days it's been since our last episode. UConn hasn't added any players. They've lost a few in the transfer portal. I guess we can run over that briefly in a little bit. Not too much has happened in that department either. Uh, there's been a couple of games announced for the non-conference schedule, so I guess we can start there. Most recently, UConn and Gonzaga announced a multi-year series, which starting next year in Seattle, UConn goes out west, and it'll come to MSG next year, the year after that. So no real home. It's not a home and home because technically there's no home games involved because obviously uh, Gonzaga plays in Spokane, which is near Seattle, but it's not Seattle. And we obviously don't play at MSG, so... Kind of wish those games were on campus. It'd be cool to go up to Gonzaga and see how we'd handle that environment. And I'd also love for the Zags and Mark Few and whoever they have to come to Gamble or XL. It would probably be a Gamble, honestly. But what are you guys' thoughts about this one? I feel like it's not not a petty revenge. Like, they just knocked us out. We need to get them back. But it could be that. What do you guys think? I mean, this is going to end up being, like, two good teams battling it out each time. I do really wish that they were in home because, like, that Kansas game this year, like that's going to be, I think, our toughest game all year just because that place is rowdy. I mean, that the field house there in Kansas, that place, that place gets up. And, you know, I really wish that we could, could have those games on campus. But I do like getting those games like like a series against Gonzaga. I mean, I was we, there was a point last year where we were hyped to to play UNC Wilmington, you know. So, I mean, it might be like the national champs treatment, but. I do like having to play Gonzaga every year because I do think we matched up well with them last year, and I think we will this year too. But I just wish that they were even at Gonzaga and on campus at UConn. But, you know, there's got to be some kind of conflict there that we just don't know about. But I'm happy that we got a, a big series against them for the next few years. Yeah, and I really like it too, uh, mainly because uh, I feel like it attracts certain players. Players want to come into a school that they know are going to be playing against some pretty good competition. They're going to get a lot of spotlight. They're going to get a lot of run. And I feel like having a multi-year series like we set up against Gonzaga here, uh, it's great, not just for, you know, right now, but for the future. Recruits coming in, they want to play teams like that. They want to have the best competition. And in recent years, we have kind of struggled on that end. We played teams like Oklahoma State uh, this year, UNC Wilmington, like you said. And a lot of our tough competition came from the PK tournament. So I'm just glad that we're getting – uh, better competition like that, mainly because I want to bring in better players who want to play tougher opponents and, you know, want to have a deeper run here. You know, you mentioned the bringing in players. I mean, it's not really bringing him in because he was here before, obviously, the series was announced. But Jalen Stewart is from Washington, from Seattle. And I don't know I don't know if there's any direct correlation to him being on the team and them setting this up. I doubt it is, but it's just cool to see a kid comes from the West Coast to go as pretty much as far as you can to UConn, and they're playing a game in his freshman year in his hometown, his home state. That's kind of that's kind of cool. I mean, maybe other recruits will see that, be like, "Oh, hey, they're scheduling a game around this guy." Even if that's not the case, they can view it that way. They're scheduling a game around him. Maybe I'm from California. Maybe they'll play go play UCLA or something. And yeah, I mean, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. But it's just cool to see. I'm sure he'll have a lot of family and friends in that one. And it's interesting to see that because he, this two schools that he was between was UConn and Washington. So he was going to be a Husky no matter what, but it's, it's interesting that in his freshman year, you know, he picks the school all the way across the country 
as opposed to the one he's from. It would have been like Klingon choosing UCLA over Connecticut. You know, he chose his home school or his hometown school and Stewart didn't. And then to stick a game right in Washington where he's from, I feel like is interesting, but I mean, I can't wait for it. They actually did the same thing with the uh, women's team. There, There's a game at Minnesota this coming year for Paige Beckers homecoming. So it should be interesting to see these games, but I do like the, the games where players are from. I think that's a good part of the game. Yeah. And another, or the other, I'm pretty sure last time we recorded the Kansas game, the big East big 12 challenge was already out. I'm pretty sure we talked about that a little bit, but if not real quick, UConn's playing at Kansas and early December, it's going to be a tough game in the two reigning champs. I mean, we were pretty sure we did go over that with that whole Nick Timberlake storyline, but the other game that was announced, UConn is taking on North Carolina, UNC at MSG in the Jimmy V Classic, which is usually in a mid a weeknight in early December. Yeah, that's going to be another tough test. Obviously, UNC, Kansas won the title two years ago, but UNC was in that title game. They returned a lot of those guys like Armando Baca, RJ Davis, no Caleb Love. We talked about that before we hopped on, how he did not get into the University of Michigan due to some admissions issues. I also saw a side note, a story about UConn potentially being interested in him. That's a, a bridge will cross when we get there if that happens. But the main point, UConn taking on UNC at MSG. I mean, obviously the Huskies show out at the Garden, but Carolina travels well as well. As well. This is going to be a very exciting game, I feel like. And I mentioned Baycott, him on Klingon. That matchup's two of the best big men in the country. Obviously, Baycott is the veteran, Klingon's only. He's going to be a first-year starter, but that's a matchup to watch already, and it's going to be a great a great matchup and a great non-conference slate. It's about time, in my opinion. We've seen teams in the past, they get all this love for not necessarily having the best product. I'm glad that you know UConn is finally able to play these teams on a big national stage and kind of show that you know maybe they're not a one-year wonder and that they have this to stick around and prove it early, too and get that uh, national championship high train back rolling. Yeah, this is really the uh, the national champion streaming because, I mean, we're going to go back to last year. I mean, we had – I'm going to do this from the top of my head, like Stonehill, BU, LIU, Wilmington, Delaware State, games like those. I'm sure we'll still have a couple of those because everybody does. But, I mean, to play prestigious programs like Texas, Indiana – Louisville, UNC, and Kansas already. Like, that is 100% the national champions. Uh, it's like the national champions treatment. I mean, Kansas just got a whole lot scarier with the addition of Hunter Dickinson out of uh, Michigan. I was going to say Minnesota, but that's not it. Michigan. So that's – it's just – I I like it. You know, I those games like Stonehill, BU, Buffalo, like those games were boring. It's just like, why are we even playing these? Like, they should just be free wins. Um, but I'm I'm actually pretty excited to see these games because we shouldn't be scared of of any team on the planet. I mean, for God's sakes, we're the national champions. So I just like to see this them giving the respect that we deserve of uh, finally playing some really good non-conference teams. And games like this also will prepare us for Big East play a lot more too. We've seen, you know, coming out of uh, non-con play, we come into the Big East, we had struggles throughout December. I have a feeling that playing teams like North Carolina, Kansas. Uh, one of those three teams, Louisville, uh, Indiana. I have a feeling that we'll come into the season a lot more prepared, and I feel like we'll see a lot more success within the Big East. Uh, I really want to get that Big East title win this year, the tournament title. That's the big one for us this year. I know we got the Natty. I'd love to get a Big East season and a tournament title. That'd be great. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is going back. This doesn't really matter, but we're on a pretty good win streak in non-conference play. Our last loss was to Teddy Allen in New Mexico State. They won, what, 17-0 last year against non-conference opponents, which is crazy. I doubt it'll be repeated. I hope maybe maybe we'll get one or two losses before Big East play opens up, and obviously six wins after the Big East tournament. That's obviously the goal, but I doubt we'll see the undefeated streak again. I mean, if we do, we do. But another topic I want to go over here, one of the reasons I decided we decided we want to do an episode is the rumors recently about some conference realignment is UConn and the big 12. Is it going to happen? I mean, there's, I saw, I'm pretty sure someone, someone met up with someone. It was some either the big 12 president went to UConn or something like that. And there's rumors this could happen. I mean, big 12 just expanded is expanding this year. They're adding four schools. They're adding BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Some of our former American friends, in that group. And they're also losing, not next year, I'm pretty sure the year after they're losing Oklahoma and Texas. So it's an ever-changing conference. It's a pretty good one for, at least for college hoops. It was the, arguably the best last year, even though the big East was right up there with it. I'd say big 12 was the best or big East, big 12 for one and two, but outside of that, I mean, it, I, I want to hear what you guys think before I give my opinion on this. Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think they should accept an invite? What do you think? If I'm UConn, I'm not, I'm not moving at all. It would be the last thing on my mind. The whole reason UConn came back to the Big East in the first place was because they didn't have what they needed in the American. And why risk that again going anywhere else? I understand it's a more, you know, authentic, bigger conference that is, you know, you get you have certain guarantees. But if you're perfectly fine right here, you just won a national championship, you get the recruits you want, and you have very good competition, I don't really see a need to, you know, up and jump ship again when we saw how it went the last time. There's no need for this. I mean, we just got back to the Big East like three seasons ago. I mean, the Big East is where we were born. You know, obviously we went to the American. Things just weren't the same, and that's just plain obvious. You know, those games weren't the same. You know, the Big East play completely changed his team. You know, we were loved when we were in the Big East, and then, you know, the American just didn't hit the same complete failure, and now we're back in the Big East in a perfect spot. So if I'm if I'm Dave Benedict, the athletic director at UConn, not even going to have a conversation with the Big 12 because money in this scenario doesn't really matter. I mean, their basketball team just won the damn national championship. They got plenty of money. But just going to the Big 12, would I think, would be a mistake because, you know, people say, oh, yeah, it's great for other sports. Not really. I mean, it's not doing much for football and women's basketball and even our basketball. It's, it's, it's a stupid move and something that should get put to rest. And also, I'd have to replace all my jerseys already, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, it all comes down to the money. And if we're offered something, hey, we'll give you, I don't know what's a proper amount to even emphasize here, $500 million to come to the Big 12. I feel like you can't turn something like, that might be too high, but you can't turn that down. I also feel like a couple more points I want to make up. The travel in the American, we were, not we, but like UConn fans were complaining, oh, the closest team is in Philly with Temple, we're not a rival with them. We have to go to Tulane and Tulsa. This is pretty much that. I mean, Temple is closer, closer than West Virginia, who I'm pretty sure off the top of my head is the closest Big 12 school to UConn. I mean, they're all flights every single game. I mean, you can take a bus ride over to Providence now. You could, you obviously don't fly to St. John's or I doubt they fly down to Seton Hall. I mean, it's, it's probably three hours or so 
from stores, three or four. I doubt they make that flight. But this is like you're going to Kansas, you're going to Texas, Oklahoma. Now you got to go out to Utah to play BYU, which is obviously Omaha, Nebraska, with Creighton's in that area. But you go there once a year. This is like making that same trip six or seven times. I feel like that defeats the purpose of the conference part of it. It completely does, and it takes it takes our rivalries away. We're not going to be rivals with anybody else right out of the gate because we'll be the new people in there. I mean, we just got, like Hurley was saying, it's like a great Georgetown, a great Providence, a great Villanova. That's great for this conference because the rivalries are the best part of this conference. That's why they make this conference what it is. And I think, I think UConn would be stupid to leave this because we've just built it up to what we were. And honestly – if I don't think that they should take the money unless like if for some reason they get offered an absurd amount, you know, maybe consider it. But I don't I think we should park the bus exactly where it's at, because like I don't want to watch from UConn and Baylor, UConn, Oklahoma State twice a game. I'd much rather watch UConn and Butler because that's still even a big uh, like a Big East rival kind of, you know. So I just think that that the whole university itself would just be making a huge mistake leaving the big east eat for any conference you got to look at your coach too if you're uconn danny hurley who has been famous for getting all of the great new york new jersey area recruits because of his family ties i feel like part of that kind of disintegrates if we leave the big east because he kind of attracts you know the new england sort of new york new jersey crowd to come and want to play in Connecticut over schools like Seton Hall, over schools like Providence. And if that disappears, then they're just going to go there. They're going to play in the Big East where they don't have to travel that much. And it's just going to be way easier for them to, you know, get what they need opposed to get it, like taking your chance on top 25 recruits and seeing what happens. I feel like Danny Hurley in the Big East is a big factor as to why UConn has experienced uh, the success it has over the past three, four or five years. And conference is also a part of why these guys commit here. You know, Stefan Castle, I guarantee him committing here was partially because we're in the Big East. You know, all these guys were looking at like Cooper Flag, Boogie Flan, you know, those guys aren't just paying attention to the program and the coaching. They're also playing, paying attention to the conference. So I feel like we may even lose people because they don't want to play in the Big 12. You know, they want to play in the grittiest um, conference in college basketball. So that's that's my last take on it. But I mean, you all know my opinion. It'd be I'd I'd be pretty pissed if it happened. Honestly, I would not be thrilled. I also messed up. I meant two to three years. I for, I, I I blanked. That's my fault. <laughs> We've only been in the Big East for about three years, so that's how long. Yeah, and I feel like obviously this move we mentioned is more than men's basketball, the other sports, but UConn baseball they're doing pretty good. They're top ten in the country. They just won the they've won the Big East champion. I don't know if they won the Big East tournament. They've won Big East regular season. All every year since they came back, I don't. I'm not sure about Big Twelve baseball. I know nothing about it. If I mean, I feel like this would be outside of the money. There's no reason to do it. I mean, you've already seen basically a worse version of the Big Twelve in the American. And I mean, I don't know how much money was involved in being in the American. Obviously, not as much as a top five conference in in the country in the Big Twelve. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like they won't end up making the move. But it'll definitely be entertained and. Anything's possible. UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten, if you guys remember. Anything is possible in this crazy sports world. And I'll, obviously, I'll support whatever happens. It'll be kind of interesting, honestly, if it happens. But I want them to stay in the Big East 
I lied. This is this is going to be the last thing I said. So, in terms of other sports, you got Texas, Oklahoma, uh, TCU, Baylor. What are all those schools good at again? Remind me, football and baseball. So they're good at everything, and not for nothing. But our football team is not ready to play teams like Texas, TCU, who was just in the national championship, Oklahoma. I mean, baseball. I mean, Oklahoma has been a powerhouse. Like, yeah, we've been good, but like, there's just so many reasons this wouldn't make sense. I mean, our football team would get pounded every time out there. I mean, it's not like we're in a crap conference right now. The Big East is a great conference. We had five of the 11 teams representing us in March Madness, and that's not something that a lot of other conferences should say. So I just – I don't want to get too wrapped up in it. I feel like I would support as a fan whatever happened, but, I mean, I put my two cents in for good now. Would football come with us? Uh, Last time I, I – like, they're independent. I don't know if they would make the move. Uh, but they have been getting better. They actually played in a bowl game this year against Wagner, did take the L, but I'm not sure. I mean, being independent has kind of seemed like the move for them. I'm not entirely sure if they would want to jump into that conference. I don't think they have to. I, I, I'm i not 100% sure. I'm not sure if you guys know, but uh, I don't I don't know if the football would really play a factor, to be honest. Yeah, I'm also not 100% sure, but I'd imagine, I'd imagine they would. I feel like Part of the reason they would do this is for the football team, even though the football team isn't the the main sport at UConn. It's a basketball school. I feel like everybody would agree with that, even the football players. But I feel like I'm not sure if with how the independent rules work. I'm not too into UConn football. I watch from now and then. Like I watch that bowl game. I watch a few games a year. But I'm not I'm not really into that side of it. I'm I'd imagine they join the Big Twelve though, but this all could be for nothing and we don't accept an invite. We don't even get an invite. But it's just a topic to talk about. I think one last topic we'll we'll discuss here is the NBA draft selection or the how long you have until you can go back to school. That's May thirty first or May thirtieth, one of the two. And I Tristan Newton, Andre Jackson are the two question marks at this point. I feel like Adamas Sonogo is staying in the draft. He made that clear. And I personally think that Andre Jackson will join him. I feel like I've seen a lot of mock drafts. I believe myself he can be a late first-round pick with the versatility and defense he brings. Obviously, the shot-making isn't really there. But if you're a late first-round pick, you're going to a good team that doesn't necessarily need that shot-making. I feel like he'll fit in the league perfectly. And Tristan Newton, he was – he he. I feel like he'll cook him back. I mean, he was doing solid when I saw he played in, the, I believe, the G League the G League Combine, he was solid. He had a couple of good games, but I don't think he'll end up getting drafted. He didn't – I don't think he even participated in the actual Combine. He didn't get called up. So I imagine he'll be back, but we'll find out in the next week or so. But, yeah, what do you guys – you think you also you guys agree Newton will be back, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be real smart to come back because I, I just don't see him being drafted this year. I mean, Hawkins obviously – from the looks of the uh, NBA playoffs, at least one team, Celtics, could use a guy who can actually make an open three, Jalen Brown. Anyways, um, yeah, we're all, I'm I'm Celtics fan and I'm not thrilled by how the playoffs is going, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, I think that a lot of teams will obviously Hawkins is just a lottery pick that's over with, but I think that also a lot of teams could use a guy like Andre Jackson for his pure athleticism. I mean, the guy's a superstar athlete you know NBA coaches can coach 
you know, you like they they always tell you, you know, you can't coach athleticism or you can't coach size, but you can coach talent. And a good NBA coach can coach Andre Jackson up just fine. They take a chance on him with his athleticism. They'll they'll coach him up just fine. He'll be an NBA player. Now with Sonogo, I'm just not sure. I mean, he's going to have to be really good and really, really consistent to get a spot in this league. I feel like all three will be drafted. Hawkins, early first round. Jackson, late first round. And then Adama in the second round. But it's it's definitely going to be interesting. I feel like all three can find a home in the NBA. But Jackson, Hawkins definitely can. Yeah, and I was actually pretty surprised Newton didn't get that uh, invite to the Combine after, you know, the first few days. He was really showing out. He put up some really good scores, some really good numbers over there, and he was even playing half-decent in the scrimmages, but, I mean, I guess they don't have unlimited spots, so I'm not really complaining either, to be honest, so I would love to have him back. I'd love to have him for another year, especially with the experience. You know, you can't teach that. You can't teach experience, and I, I also would expect Sonogo to go 100%. Even though his measurements came out, you know, not so good, only 6'7", I am still sure that a team will take a chance on him, uh, just due to his physicality and the way he puts the ball in the basket and grabs rebounds. He's shown that he can even do it in these combine uh, scrimmages where he has shown out. Jackson is a project, and I think everybody knows that, that Jackson is just an entirely raw talent. His game isn't entirely seasoned. He's not the best player coming out of the draft by any means. He's going to take time, but certain teams love these kinds of players, a.k.a. the Milwaukee Bucks, for example. I feel like they could take Andre Jackson and turn him into a beast. They love their wide wings who can jump out of the gym, just stick next to Giannis. They have a million of them. So I, I'm, I'm pretty certain that – I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick. I would bet money that he goes in the second round anywhere from pick 30 to 45. 31 to 45, that, that would be my guess. Just due to his, you know, just raw ability, athleticism, I, I just don't think that he's polished enough to go in the first round yet. Now, the big thing with this is, you know, the leaving thing. If all three of them are actually going to leave, I think they will. I, they just won a national championship, and I think the three of them are going to officially pass it down. You know, they're Husky 10 years over. They're legends. They'll have their numbers put in the ring of honor. And they're going to pass it down to guys like Klingon, caravan castle guys like that you know it's it's not their time anymore you know they they got what they came here to do and get a national championship and now i'd love to see them around the gym still uh if they could but they're they're gonna pass it down to all the younger guys and see what they can do with the program now and i feel like that's smart because you know veteran leadership is good but to have a guy you know who's just really trying to get to the nba for himself i don't think would be a great thing so I think the three of them are just going to completely pass it down and officially retire from being Huskies, which is definitely sad, but it's also great for the first step in their NBA career. You know, they just, it's not like we went out in the first round again. They hate the program. Now we won the national championship. Every UConn fans can be thrilled for the next 10 years. So they did what they came here to do. And they're just, the three of them are going to walk out of Gamble Pavilion and to Barkley center where the NBA draft is. Yeah, and I feel like if and when I feel like at this point Newton returns, that means we'll have four out of our five starters for next year. Castle, Klingon, and Caravan are going to be starters. I'd be shocked if any aren't. And I feel like Newton would be that fourth, and the fifth is still to be determined. It could be an in-house guy. It could be a transfer. I feel like we got to bring in at least one guy 
from the portal. Who that is, I don't know. I saw today they reached out to Cam Spencer, a sharpshooter from Rutgers. I feel like everyone's going after him. It's going to be tough to get him. We're not really linked to anyone else. I just mentioned Caleb Love earlier. The odds of that are like one in a million. But I feel like maybe Hurley's just going quietly in the portal, asking his guys. He's not going out publicly. But I also I feel like you'd at least hear like on these. Oh, this guy's heard from the following schools. You'd see UConn a couple of times, but that's not the case. And also to wrap up here, I'm glad you brought this up, Matt Adamas Height. I was shocked when I saw he's barely six seven. Like what six seven and a quarter? And basically, I mean, obviously sometimes they on the official rosters the height's a little different compared to they're in shoes obviously. But I remember when like Book Knight was six three when I thought he was six four, and I was shocked. This was even more. Wow, especially seeing him go against Klingon in practice when Klingon, I don't know if he's, if Snow goes less, almost two inches shorter, I'm sure Klingon's at least seven foot. Maybe he's really like seven one without shoes, even though we call him seven two. But that's still like a six inch difference that he's just going at in practice every day. That shows how, that shows how he was the uh, final four most outstanding player. I mean, someone that small dominating inside is once in a, once in a lifetime. And the last thing I'll say is, like, with the transfers, like Connor said, you know, Hurley's never been and will never be that guy to go get the best transfer out there. You know, you, everybody knew they weren't getting Dicker, Dickinson. They're not going to get love. You know, they don't need those guys. Hurley's going to get the guys he knows will work hard and provide for his team, like he did with DR and Newton and Ali and Calcaterra. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I never heard him here. You know, I was excited that they were here, but I'm like, who the heck – figured Diara was Mamadou's brother, but I really had never heard of those guys before. So Hurley's going to do that again. You know, I guarantee we'll get somebody that nobody's ever heard of, but he'll be loved by Husky Nation because that's just what Hurley does. He gets the guys that are good enough to play for him and will provide a spark because we don't need any star players. I mean, we're absolutely fine. We just need guys who will get the work done for us. And I feel like that's the type of guy Hurley will always be. All right, I think that'll do it here for episode 37 of How About the Muskies. Now, unlike episode 36, I'm not going to make the promise of we're going to upload weekly in the offseason. But I can guarantee you this, and the other two here and Matt, who's not here, can agree. There will be an episode sooner than a month later next up. Will it be in a week? Will it be 10 days? We don't know. Probably, most likely, when it, when big news drops. Like, maybe once Jackson Newton and I'll go make decisions, if we get a transfer, we'll do a whole roster breakdown, something like that. But... There hasn't really been any news, like I said at the top of the episode, but obviously this Big 12 stuff is fun to talk about, fun to imagine, and all the non-conference games coming into form, this non-conference schedule shaping up. It's it's topics to talk about, and um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Thanks for watching, and stay tuned for future episodes.